Welcome. Glad you're here tonight, and uh, hope you got some rest today, and ate your roast, and uh, we're here. Let's open with prayer. Lord, we thank you for the day um, that you've given to us to set aside as a day of worship and rest. We pray, Lord, now that you will just bless us together. We've come, Lord, to uh, hear your word, learn, and we pray, Lord, that you'll just Bless in all that we do and say that it will be glorifying to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesse. Let's stand. We're just going to do a few choruses. So let's stand.
go to the prayer tonight. You may have any requests that we'd like to share this evening. Needs we specifically could pray for. Let's do continue. Remember, um, the, uh, Troy and Janelle Keaton, she's very close. And if you are friends with her on Facebook, you know that um, I've been watching her hospice care and, and the progression of the disease. And so it doesn't look like it'll be much longer as I've talked to the family. So I know that that's obviously I mean, just what stress that goes into that. And the family's been watching this for quite some time. And to come down to the end of life, I'm sure there's a feeling of relief as they get, you know, because of it's, it's obviously a, a fatal a cancer, and, and they know that. And, uh, um, but uh, the emotional strain of that. Let's pray for them uh, as, a, as, a, as a church body, and uh, God will be with them. Any other requests tonight? Thinking, I'm trying to think in my mind. Anybody praying for? Let's stand together. I know you just stood, but if you would, let's stand again this evening. Let's, let's pray. Father, we are thankful again for prayer. Thank you, Lord, Lord, for what it means. Dear Lord, we, we believe in intercessory prayer, uh, praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, knowing, dear Lord, that, that um, you're a God who hears and knows and understands. You're the great physician. You're a healing God. And yet, Lord, sometimes you don't cho- choose to heal us here on this earth, but um, you, you sent, take us to be with you and we thank you, Lord, of what's going on right now with uh, uh, Troy and Janelle Keaton. We pray, Lord, that you'll be with them in a special way and uh, during these uh, final days, dear Lord, of, of Janelle's life. I pray, oh God, that you will just uh, uh, bring a, 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 an awesome sense of your presence, dear Lord, into their lives. And may they feel, dear Lord, you close to them tonight in a very special way. And undergird them, we ask, especially Troy, Lord, in a special way, Father. May he feel the prayers of God's people um, carrying them during this time. Then Janelle, dear Lord, as she comes to, to the end of life, Lord, and the pain that she's going through and, and obviously the emotions that she's dealing with tonight as she's getting ready to transition from this to the life to the next. I pray, oh God, that you'll just be there with them, Lord, and we know that there's many that are praying for them tonight. They have a praying church, so we're praying, dear Lord, for them in a special way. You know our needs, Lord. You know the burdens that we have and we face. And we're so glad, Lord, that you're a, you're a burden bearer. And we can cast our care upon you because you care for us, Lord. Often, dear Father, we try to take the cares of life and hold on to them for some reason. But we can, dear Lord, give them to you, knowing that you have the answers and you have the strength to help us with those situations. And so, Lord, we bring those needs, Lord, Father, to you this evening work, dear Lord, in every area, dear Father, that, 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 that needs um, our help, dear Lord, in our lives. And pray, dear Lord, that you'll be with us tonight. I pray, Father, that you'll help us as we look together at the family. Lord, we realize the structure, dear Lord, the home and how important it is um, to the church. And so, Lord, I pray this evening you'll just give us new insight and help, dear Father. For all that you do, we will praise and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Just a few announcements to remind you of. Uh, next week, again, is Giving Sunday. We're looking forward to a great day um, with that. We're going to celebrate giving, and it's part of worship, and we're going to be doing that. I've, I've, we've given you quite several weeks to just um, be praying about what God would have you to do and what you should give to that. And um, I want to make it clear, again, that that money is not as if you have to have the money on Sunday when you come and, and put it all in. That would be nice if you had that. and be great. And uh, that's really the best way to do it, so you don't have to feel like it's a bill, you know, or something that you've got a pledge out there. 
you got to pay, uh, but you can pledge also. So that, and then we'll give you a, a month to be able to get that in, and it looks like that the air conditioning system will be going in probably somewhere at the end of March, and uh, so continue to pray uh, that God would just give, I've been doing that, I know you have, and let's do our best um, to give to the, to the work of the kingdom, and uh, I know God will, will bless us. Then that's the, is the meal over there, so um, don't forget that. Again, uh, uh, Travis brought up that there's, we're looking at a committee, outreach committee, and uh, that committee will, be do, will, will serve um, to uh, advise me on different outreach events that, that uh, uh, we can do to reach our community, like Friend Day, Family Day, those kinds of things here. Obviously, knocking on doors, um, you know, looking at different areas for our bus ministry, um, uh, so children's ministry, all kinds of outreach events um, that are out there. Uh, being able to, to volunteer for different organizations here in our, in our community, uh, food pantries, food banks, uh, um, those types of things. So that's what that committee uh, is going to, to uh, be about. If you're interested in that, I know I have two of our board members that have said they would like to step up and be a part of that committee, and I'm thankful that they're taking the lead. And so if there's any others that, that, that that's a calling, something you'd like to do, um, please see me. I know there's others that have expressed interest in that, but uh, I think it's something that uh, will be uh, very good. Just a, kind of an update. We're trying to, we're trying, we're working through with our, with, with our music, and, and it looks like that's going to be on a committee basis, too, and I'm just kind of giving you a brief update on that, and um, I'll be, I'll be uh, by the way, the board members that are here, if we can meet tomorrow night via, via Zoom at 8 o'clock, um, uh, that would be good. 8 o'clock will help some of the guys, I know some of you, 8 o'clock's too late, you get up early, and there's other guys that are getting off work, so I'm trying to work that in, but I want to have that uh, meeting tomorrow night, and uh, we will we'll finally come to a conclusion. This is kind of like a business meeting, isn't it? Kind of come to a conclusion on the, on the, uh, the property. Well, the, the city decided to give us a little more money, so thank God for that. And uh, that's going to be helpful to us also. Um, that money, there'll be, uh, you don't know, taking property from the, from the parsonage for a roundabout. And uh, we've been back and forth on counteroffers. So it looks like we've come to an agreement, um, possibly. And so... Um, that's, a, that's, that's money that is desperately needed for us um, in, in many ways, especially emergency kind of fund. Uh, we don't have that right now, and we feel strongly about that. And so that'll be, that'll be part of what that money is going to do. But I'd also like to put it into a property somewhere down the road at, at some point in time, possibly. So we'll see how that works out. But I just kind of want to give you an update on what's going on uh, with, with some things and activities in the church. So I'm excited about what, what God has for us, and uh, he's working, he's moving, and uh, he's a sovereign God, knows what he's doing, and I'm glad I'm on his team, amen? I said that this morning, and I still feel that way today. So pray for us, that God will give us wisdom and direction um, as we put this, I, I, I don't think I, hope I got that through, Mu music committee together, and so for right now, until God leads us in the right direction for the ones that are to, to come in the future to lead our music, and we're actively looking for those individuals. Um, we've already asked some, and uh, uh, so we haven't got any affirmation on that. Uh, I was talking to some this morning, and, uh, this afternoon. In fact, I just got off the phone with them, and, and uh, they are willing to come and help to uh, uh, fill in. And uh, so um, I'm excited about that, for, for at least for uh, uh, as long as they have dates available, put it that way. 
So excited about that. Again, we're, we're in capable hands. Uh, Anita does a wonderful job. We have other pianists, and I'm so thankful that, she, that I know she's busy and has a lot going on, but she's been so gracious to step up and help us, and I want to publicly say how much I appreciate that and thank her for that. So just keep praying, amen? I'm just bringing these things before you tonight um, because we want, we want God's will, and, uh, and, and we want to see God work in the future of our church, and I'm excited about that. Amen? Amen. All right, well, with that said, you're dismissed. Going to Now, when I say that, the adults are going to stay in here tonight, and uh, the, the young people are going back and, uh, to theirs. I don't think the young adults are meeting tonight, right? Just the uh, young people. Okay. I'm disappointed that Dr. Friedman couldn't come this this weekend. My fault. I gave him two dates, and uh, so when uh, he, he decided on a date, and it was the obviously I must have decided on another date. <laughs> I decided on the wrong one, and uh, well, that was frustrating. But thanks, thank you for understanding. Uh, we have rescheduled them for, as you've probably seen online, April 19, 2021, I believe it is. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. He called me up. He's riven me a little bit uh, this week. He said, Who, is this, who's your scheduler, he said. wanted to blame it on my secretary, Peter, but I uh, couldn't, couldn't bring myself to do that because uh, she had nothing to do with it at all. <laughs> but uh, I said, well, it's me. And he was chuckling. He said, oh, he said, man, I'm so glad it's not me. He said, because I've done that before. And uh, I said, well, I'm not glad it's not you. I wish it would have been you. <laughs> anyway, uh, but with that said, I, I'm going to share some of the material that, um, that he's not going to be able to share all the material that uh, he would share in a 15-week class by any means. And uh, I don't know if he'd share this even if, when he comes. But if he does, uh, he's going to have greater insight into this uh, this is his, um, his, play, his area of expertise and his doctorate, and uh, it, it's been just, uh, I enjoyed, I think it was 2021 when I took the class uh, in the discipleship in the home, and uh, that's the first time I met Do- Dr. Matt Friedemann, and I was just totally impressed with his knowledge and understanding of this area of discipleship, and again, his, his children proved that, and the people that known him, that I've known personally, that have gone through, know him as personally, have talked about what a, what a wonderful, godly uh, man he is, an example in leading. So I want to share some of the stuff with him. Uh, some of the stuff is, is a little bit dated, but I think that it is uh, still um, important. And uh, one of the topics he, he shared was improving marriage and strengthening society, and, uh, which comes from uh, Patrick Fagan of the Heritage Foundation. You may have heard of him. I don't know. Um, but a lot of research has gone into the family through this foundation, and so I just want to—I want it to kind of be laid back as much as possible tonight. I thought I was going to preach a sermon on the home and the family, and then I felt like I wanted to be more, you know, questions, 
maybe no answers, but at least questions. And we can just share together when it comes to our homes, our families. Um, I thought about talking about this, the sacredness of marriage and, and from a biblical perspective. One of the things that I do in premarital counseling is share that as the first session, well, the first two sessions with um, younger couples as they come in. But it's always good for us as married couples, however long we've been married, to be refreshed with what marriage is, the foundation of marriage, and its importance. Uh, but I'm going to share more from the family perspective uh, tonight. And the Fagan Foundation will tell you, and it's just a little write-up, I think this is Dr. Friedman says, it's the, marriage is the building block of society. Um, it is the organism through which the very life of a nation is nurtured and, and passed on to future generations. And without stable marriages as the basis of the family unit, the organism is weakened. The children are the most seriously affected by that. Thus, future generations of Americans will hear the brunt um, of the family's weakness today. They'll, they'll, they'll hear of it. They'll bear the brunt of it. I'm sorry. The effects, however, go beyond the family. When marriages and families are healthy, communities thrive. When marriages break down, communities break down. And the more this happens, the more government is asked to step in and address this collateral damage, even though it's recorded at, several, at, at solving the social problems um, that arise from broken families has been very poor, obviously. You ever get the, the government involved in anything, it's typically very poor. And I heard a, all kinds of amens. You surely don't want them to get involved in the home and the family and the marriage, especially the convoluted mess we have with this woke stuff that's going on in our country. Aren't you thankful that, 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 that finally the conservatives came out and the people came out and started saying enough's enough? Man, I mean, we went through some real tough times there back in 2020, 2020, 2021. And, uh, man, it was, it, it was scary. It was, it was deeply concerning. But, man, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm reminded today that God is still sovereignly in control. Amen? And uh, just trust him, believe him, and do our part. And, uh, and it, it, he comes through every time. Um, in this survey, it talks about marriage is, is, uh, is built on, here's the three things. Write these down because these are great. A, mar- a strong family is built on wedlock, worship, and work. Kind of along with what I talked about this morning. Wedlock, worship, and work. Research is showing that not only does marriage benefit a family and its children, so does regular worship of God. It benefits the family. I'll be talking about that as I go through the series, how important it is for families to worship together. I'm so thankful that, you know, we, I, was, I was obviously raised in a Christian home and, and, and pastor's home, and... Um, one of the stabilizing forces in my life was worship. You would agree that have been a part of, grew up in, a, in, a, in, in worship and church. But worship is a family. Coming together, worshiping, sitting together on, on pews, because we didn't have these back when, when I was growing up, right? It was old wooden pews uh, that we've had for quite some time here at Calvary. And coming together, worshiping, even though, when I say worship together, we never were able to sit together. We just sat with my mom, and my dad was always on the platform. So, I, you know, I don't, never had the opportunity to worship kind of sitting with my father uh, in a pew that I remember much of. Um, but um, we definitely sat by my mom. Yes. And uh, you didn't move. And if you know Myrna, you understand. <laughs> 
we, we saluted. And when marriage and work, sounds terrible. She's, she's a wonderful mom, a wonderful godly lady, prayer warrior. And when marriage and worship combined with full-time work by just one parent at, at any un- income level, the probability that the family will fall victim to social problems virtually disappears. Uh, this is, again, the Heritage Foundation. Families that are not characterized by wedlock worship and work are more likely to suffer from drug abuse, child abuse, out-of-wedlock births, teenage abortions, school dropouts, violent juvenile crime, mental illness, poverty, and dependence on government. Simply put, faith, family, and work provide a safety net that government cannot match. While America's political freedoms protect the right of citizens to choose their own lifestyles, they cannot protect them from the consequences of their choices. And public programs should provide conditions that permit a society's basic instructions or institution to do their work. They should not ignore these institutions, much less undermine them. And, and, the, and, and the core of, of, of our society and what we know, understand as American citizen has been, has been ensconced or based on families that are uh, two-parent families, the natural family, we'll talk about that in a little bit, the natural family, in fact, that's the next point, um, and uh, the commitment that, that those children see between um, parents, two, par- two parents. The environment that allows children to thrive the most is provided by the, by the natural family. Of course, the natural family is one which the mother and father live together to care for the children they bring um, into existence. Married family life is associated research studies with better health and longer lifespans. Married couples have consistently lower death rates from disease and suicide. Divorce causes reductions in household income and wealth, often forcing single mothers into poverty roles. In households with children, the drop in household income immediately following a divorce may be as high as 42%. Frequent housing moves often follow, disrupting both learning and friendships. Divorce is tied to higher rates of crime, abuse, neglect, and drug use. In fact, divorce increases the juvenile crime rate by up to 12 times. And in my, in my ministry, in my lifetime, and you know the same, you've seen the very same thing, that the breakdown of the home and the breakdown of the family um, is devastating to the, to the children, bottom line. Um, and they often uh, struggle. The church tries to step into that. You know, we, we find ourselves with our bus ministry, most of the kids that we're picking up, most of them come, Jen, from broken homes, uh, either single mother. There's very seldom do we pick up kids that have an established uh, family atmosphere, typically. And, I mean, the unbelievable um, behavioral issues that we, dis- we deal with, guys. We deal with a lot of behavioral issues. We just had it last Wednesday night. Um, and uh, you know, Josh and Brittany and everybody knows exactly. Uh, Jen, you happen to be sick, so you were, you were blessed on, on uh, Wednesday night. To be, to be sick. Wasn't it great to be sick on Wednesday night? Uh, <laughs> sorry you were sick. But, I mean, I'm, it, it, you know, the behavioral problems. You that have worked with kids know exactly. You all can tell me more than I, I can. You can talk more about it. Uh, Mark and Anita 
they work with those type of children every single day. So they're very, very acquainted with um, that. And I would assume the statistic would prove out with you guys too. You're looking at kids from broken homes, and they're usually typically your biggest behavioral issues, I, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, the, the, an analysis of available data shows that nearly one-third of all children can see today will be aborted. One-third of those that are, are, are not will, will be born out of wedlock, and 40% of those born to married parents will experience a divorce of their parents before age um, 18. And so those are, just, those are some of the, those are facts. There's another fact. The safest place for children is living in an, an intact married family. The most dangerous is a home where the mother lives with a boyfriend. Boy, have we found that to be the case, too, in p picking up kids in, in bus ministry. Um, it, it's just, uh, it's, and I, I'm telling you something. I mean, I don't care where you go, and it's, it, the places that I've been in, in my ministry, it's all exactly the same. It all works the very same way. When you have, when you have a, a broken families and in, in homes, uh, the kids are just, um, they're lost. And I'm telling you something, some of the sweetest kids in the world that you've ever, we've dealt with some really sweet children in our bus ministry that you picked up. And you just watch as, as their lives continue to, uh, to flow um, without that structure in their lives. And it doesn't get better, it, 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 unfortunately. And, and the church can only stem so much of the tide. I think that's the frustrating thing that we deal with in, in, our, in our outreach ministries and our bus ministries. We, can, we only have a certain small period of time to be able to invest in those kids' lives. And, um, and uh, it's, uh, it's it, we've talked about it with a lot of our outreach people. It's, it, it can it'd be very, very uh, frustrating, heartbreaking, especially when they get in their teen years, Okay. And we no longer have them. They've, they're gone. But I, I want to encourage you tonight, those that work in bus ministry and with those kind of kids, um, they won't forget. They won't forget. Received a, a letter from a, a guy that went to, uh, that we, there was a little boy that we started, um, when we lived, left here, went to Peoria. Obviously, you know the situation. We're in an inner city pastorate there. And um, the neighbors across the street from us, uh, well, many of them, there was a single mom with like four or five kids. And um, we started ministering to her by beating on her door um, all the time and, and telling her if she doesn't come to church, she's going to hell. Of course not. We ministered to her by mowing her grass because I can't stand. I like my yard to look nice and I like my neighbors to look nice. And so what, what do you do, you, you know, it's kind of like, why complain? You're not going to get anywhere by complaining. Just go do it. If you don't like it, do it. So I decided I'm just going to mow everybody's yard around my neighborhood so my yard looks, you know, trying to increase the value of my home here, people. So routinely, you, you, you know, in the, in, the, in the inner city, I mean, you just throw garbage down and, uh, you know, it piles up everywhere. You watch people go by and they don't care and they don't take care of their, of their yards. So that's what I started doing. So maybe I had an ulterior motive behind it, but I, actually it wasn't. I was trying to show that, that mother, that single mom, um, that we cared. Right across the street from the church. What better place to start ministry, right, than just right across the street from where you live? 
and, and not all of us probably um, live in the inner city where we can do that. Most of our neighbors are pretty good people, but some of you do, okay? <laughs> and, and you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, we started doing that. Obviously, there was a bus that picked up the kids, came by all the time. So, you know, you don't take those kids away from that church, and we didn't do that. But the mom saw who really cared about her and, uh, and her family, and so the kids started coming to our, our church. Before, before we left there, the kids were not only coming to our church, they were just hanging out at our house most of the time. And uh, because they were close to our children, our, our kids are about the same age as hers. And, uh, th- but they're, they're, her oldest son um, got in trouble after we left there and um, went to prison for several years. And I wish I had the letter somewhere. But after he'd been in prison for two or three years, he wrote me, um, and I wrote him back. But he said, Pastor Potter, uh, you know, I know I messed up and I did wrong, but I'll never forget what you taught us. And uh, I'll never forget what you, how you invested it into our lives. And uh, I want you to know how much I appreciate what you've done. And uh, I've, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and, and I've changed my life. And, uh, you know, it was a wake-up call for him. And... I think he's out now. My girls could probably tell you more about that. They know what I'm talking about. I think he's out. I hope he's on his feet and doing well. I haven't seen him in a long time. He served his time. But, again, it's not in vain. That's the point I'm making. And there's more than that uh, in our ministry and I'm sure in yours also. But uh, the safest place for a child is, is living in an intact married family. And the most dangerous place, again, as I already said, is boyfriend. Um, child raised outside of, of the always intact married family are at greater risk of serious child abuse. Um, six times more likely in a step family, 13 times more likely in the single mother living alone family, 20 times more likely in the cohabiting natural parent family, and 33 times more likely when the mother lives with a boyfriend. Abuse resulting in death is 73 times more likely when a mother lives with a boyfriend. The safest relationship for a woman is marriage. The most dangerous is cohabitation. Federal surveys data found domestic violence against women to be almost three times higher among those who cohabitated than among couples who have, been, um, have, have ever been married, that is, married, separated, or even divorced, and almost five times higher than among currently married couples. Another fact, the intact family is the, is the best mental health school um, preparation and drug prevention program that there is out there. It is the mo- you know, I don't know the statistics on the mental health and what it's bringing in in our, in our country, but uh, it's a multi-billion dollar business, I would assume, in this nation. Um, and um, we've got all kinds of programs and all kinds of trying to help and we should do that, obviously, but the best mental health school is and preventive program is, um, is the family. Children born or raised outside of marriage are most likely to suffer mental health problems. They've suffered depression, commit suicide more often. Children whose parents were not married um, have showed an increased likelihood of having lower verbal IQ, lower school performance, lower school attendance, all leading to lower job attainment, and lower income. Teenagers whose parents have divorced have used cocaine almost twice as much as children in intact married families, and children in single parent families have used cocaine almost three times as much. Now, there's other, there's other drugs since this survey has, has been uh, produced out there that probably even more damning 
uh, than uh, cocaine. One-third of all children are born out of wedlock and much more often to um, adult women than to teens. The out-of-wedlock birth rate has leveled off around 33% of all births for the past five years, but this is the result of two opposing trends. A decrease in teenage out-of-wedlock births and a continued rise in the number of older adults giving birth out of wedlock. Divorce affects about one million children each year. One million. Following the no-fault change many years ago in the 70s, the number of children suffering the divorce of their parents peaked at 1.2 million per year in the, in the early 1980s. Today, the picture is more complex. Children see their married parents split, but so do the children of cohabiting parents. parents. Good data on the latter are not available. Thus, the number of children affected by the breakups of the parents is still likely to be around 1.2 million per year. One generation of broken marriages feeds the next generation of broken marriages. Social research shows that among the children of broken marriages, there are more out of um, wedlock births, more cohabiting, and, and more divorce. Social scientist Deborah Dawson described it this way. Women who spend part of their childhood in single-parent families are more likely to marry and bear children early, to give birth before marriage, and to have their own marriages break up. And so, of course, it's devastating to the, to, to the family. The point being all along is that the natural family, the, in the, the, the family that is, um, uh, that is staying together, mom and dad, working through differences, okay, and, and, and the pressures of life that every father and mother experienced in, in raising children within a family, um, the, the family is, 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 is much more solid, and the... the the children are um, um, uh, they're, uh, more adjusted, put it that way, uh, the kids. Um, children in broken families are more likely to commit juvenile crime. When it comes to juvenile crime rates, marriage matters a whole lot. For instance, in Wisconsin, the only government entity have published family background data, teenagers of, of always single-parent families are 22 times more likely to end up in jail than are those from two-parent families. The huge difference in rates of crime among black and white teenagers virtually vanishes when one, when one control, controls the family background. In other words, black teenagers and white teenagers from both broken families have similar rates of juvenile crime. Um, they are obviously high. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's like 30, in the, when this study was done, about 34% black, 32% white. So really doesn't make any difference where, what your skin color is. Bottom line, it comes down to what is your environment and how, is that, you know, how does that environment look. I think we're waking up to the fact um, in our society of the importance of, 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 of male leadership in the home and how, how, that, how that works um, with children that are well-adjusted kids that are, are, are living, um, becoming uh, part of, uh, society, good, pe good children, good adults in society. A child is 50% more likely to die during infancy if born out of wedlock. That's an interesting thought. Marriage also provides the safest environment for a, ch for a child's birth. Both national surveys conducted by Alan Guttmacher Institute, the, the research institute used by Planned Parenthood, show that 
being conceived outside of marriage quadruples the chances of a child being aborted. Civic and church leaders now uh, now know how to do a better job of preparing people for marriage. And I think it's true. Um, even though uh, we didn't have time for marriage counseling, we tell we were at Casalenos the other night talking to them, and uh, now they have adult children and you know stuff like that, and getting to that point maybe where they are you know going to be uh, looking at marriage at some point in time, and so you know pastors got to get in there and give them direction and, and leadership whether they wanted it or not. You know I had a little talk, and uh, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? I lost my point. Oh. My question is, yeah, that, in other words, we didn't have time because, because we were engaged. We, we met in January. We were engaged in April. We were married in August. And that will be 39 years ago in August, okay? Do we recommend that? Nope. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, worked, it worked for us. Why did, why did that happen? Anybody have an answer to that? They know. We were in Bible college, folks. We had to get married to date. And uh, so we got married and dated for about five years, and then we had Brooke five years later. Uh, so that's what we—that's <laughs> what we had to do because you know you couldn't—you couldn't even you know you couldn't even blink at her. You get a demerit, you know, across the sidewalk on the other side. <laughs> so, um, but the point I'm making is now, how many in in my age group had marriage counseling before you got married? So I'm looking over here at our, all, all the older middle. Marriage counseling. Okay, you all did have marriage counseling. Okay. Uh, anybody else when you got married? Donnie? Huh? See, yeah, no, yeah, see? See? I was thinking marriage counseling. That's for, that's for anybody. That's not important. All right, so now uh, younger couples in here. Okay, the, the newly married couples. How many of you had marriage counseling before you got married? Uh-huh, I knew it. All right. Um. I, I won't marry uh, a couple without at least knowing they've been counseled by somebody that I have confidence in or that I do the counseling myself. Um, boy, there's so much stuff that I wish I would have uh, known. Did, Diana, did you want, did Ron have marriage counseling? Just want to make sure. See, see she's, she's, we don't need no stinking marriage counseling. And see, s how many years was it? When you, how, many, how many years was it? 60? Was it 60? Okay, I thought it was good. 60 years without marriage counseling. Don't need that stuff. Yeah, that's exactly right. Pretty good. And ought to be proud of that, too, by the way. Um, but we are prepared. In fact, I, I'm seeing, okay, today couples are, are older getting married. Bevan Wayne, what, um, yeah, um, Cheryl Wayne. How old were you all got married? So, what's that? Both of you? Look at that. 18. How many years? What do you celebrate this year? 58. Are you suggesting that you should, the kids should get married at 18 and 19? <laughs> right. Uh, I, I, well, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anybody younger than that? 
I didn't even know that, by the way. I just thought I'd ask. It was interesting. I had no idea. Anybody younger than that? Than when they got y'all? How old? You robbed the cradle, brother. I unbelievable. Were you in Bible college? <laughs> how many how many years this year? Fifty two. All right, fifty two this year. Again, we're not suggesting and nobody's doing that in here at all, okay? But what my point I'm making is I'm seeing our couples are getting married. Um, they're, they're, they're waiting a little bit. And that, that statistic is, is pretty much proven because of what we've seen um, historically. In, um, I tell any couple that's getting married, especially in their mid-20s, that you're, you're, uh, the chances of your marriage um, working is much higher than any kid getting married you know, in their early 20s or late teens or whatever. I mean, way higher. I don't know the percentage of that, but it's, 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 a, it's huge, that percentage in our day. So I don't, I don't marry anybody uh, without at least six sessions of counseling. And um, in that time, they go over a hundred and some uh, questions that you have to fill out and answer both sides, all right? Then I, then I take the time to compare answers and I find out where you're not compatible and where you are compatible, and then I'm going to highlight those things, and that counseling is going to, we're going we're to talk about those places of, that you're not very compatible in your marriage and you need to work on, and this is going to be a place where you're probably going to be, you're, you might have problems. I'm not saying you're going to, okay, but making it very clear, this looks to me like it's something you need to be alert, alerted with, right? And uh, that's, that's, because we, you know, one that, you know, got married really fast, and we weren't alert. We were just, lo- we were just in love. I mean, it's just all it was, just completely head over heels for one another, and, and, and we were in love, and, and you know, love called, co- covers a multitude of sins. Amen? Uh, Phil. Dan and I and you guys, we can, RG, we were there at the same time, period of time, and we can, if I start, we start naming them off. I mean, I don't know if we've done it before, but, you know, with other people in our era of time, it's just a lot. So, you know, the idea was, obviously, to develop uh, discipline. I understand the concept, um, but... uh, it was a, a little overboard, I'll put it that way, from my perspective, even today, as, a, as an older person, um, that, because you didn't get to know each other, and you didn't get any time, spend any time um, getting acquainted one, with, one, with one another, and, um, you know, you just, well, we're Christians, we just, you know, we don't get divorced, we, we, we get along, right, we're Christians, amen? <laughs> and uh, I think we're shocked when we get, we, we realize, you know, the differences. Hey, even, even when you're attending the, your, your background is the same faith, okay? Um, and you, 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 you know, come from, you know, uh, a long line of, 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 of Christians in your family. There's no guarantee, folks. That's going to let you a little secret. Those that are not married yet that are in here. We have some of the young adults that are in here. 
That's, that isn't any guarantee. Um, and because we're a Christian and we love Jesus, that's not a guarantee either. It should be, but it's not. Um, and uh, so, of course, Satan is just, he, he destroys the family, destroys the church. And we've all watched it. You all with me? I mean, we've seen the, the breakdown within our society and within our churches because of the family and the family unit being splintered by divorce and fighting and bickering and, and, and all the things that, that, um, that the devil wants to bring into our lives to, uh, uh, to defeat us with. Again, I'm going to go back to worship. Regular worship increases health, wealth, and happiness. Children from inner city poor families who worship weekly are, more, are most likely to reach the middle class as adults. Adults who worship weekly are more likely to have happy, intact marriages, live longer, be happier, be healthier, earn more money throughout their lifetime. <clears throat> Families that worship weekly <clears throat> are more, most likely to raise children who do better at school, commit fewer crimes, have fewer out-of-wedlock births, and marry more often. And I got tons of more statistics here if you'd like me to share them with you, but I'm not going to, I don't think, tonight. There we are. Well, this page here. Um, maybe just some highlights. Um, pastors and their families. No one know those statistics? Does anyone know those statistics? Just here. Okay, I'm going to give them to you. An overwhelming majority of Protestant pastors are married, 94% of them. Only one out of every eight pastors, 12%, have ever experienced a divorced, uh, divorce, and most pastors who have been divorced have, have since been remarried. Just 3% of all current senior pastors are divorced and have not remarried. By the way, these are old statistics. On a personal level, half of all pastors, 49%, reveal that their family life has been suffered significantly as a result of the pressure and demands of their ministry. Those are the statistics on pastors and their families. I just thought I'd share that with you. Um, taking children to church. Adults who attend church regularly as a child are nearly three times as likely to be attending a church today as are their peers who avoided the church during childhood, 61% to 22%. Roughly 7 out of 10 American adults, 71%, had a period of time during their childhood when they regularly attended a Christian church. Just less than 2 out of 3 adults who were churched as children take their children to, to church, which is double the proportion among adults who were not churched and who now take their kids to church, 33%. Adults who attend church as a child are twice as likely as others to read the Bible during a typical week, twice as likely to attend a church worship service in a typical week, and nearly 50% more likely to pray to God during a typical week. Marriage and well-being. Married people live longer and generally are more emotionally and physically healthy than the unmarried. Married people have lower rates of alcoholism, suicide, and mental health problems than unmarried. Married people are more likely to describe themselves as happy and contented with life. For women, being unmarried is more dangerous than having cancer, being 21 pounds overweight, or being of low uh, socioeconomic status. For men, being unmarried is more dangerous than each of these, as well as heart disease. Marriage and well-being. Marriage is a good thing. We encourage marriage. Amen? God encourages it. But it doesn't mean it's for everybody. I want to make sure that's clear. <laughs> Not everybody 
uh, wants to enter into it for various reasons. So, um, but it's a good thing. All right, any any comments or questions that thoughts tonight? <clears throat> There's other statistics. I got tons of them, but I'm not going to share any more. Uh, Dr. Freedom will probably talk about um, the effects of of uh, the media on our families. Okay. Um, the all types, you know, the, 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 the phone. We had the grandkids over this today. Don't don't tell their parents. And you know, I think there's four devices in the house, and uh, they were all consumed. They, you know, because they knew that they couldn't have that with that at home today. So, you know, and they have their little whatever. There, but you know, we want peace and quiet. You know, we want them to be there. Uh, and their parents do control that, obviously. Um, that was very. That was something that we didn't. I, we didn't have to deal with very much. In fact, as I grew up, we, I didn't. We didn't have anything like that in our personally in our home. Um, but uh, our kids are just inundated with it. You know, I mean, today, I mean, it's it's a part. And I think it's. And 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 he'll talk about it. There is a there is a way that it, it, it's it's who we are. It's 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 here to stay. Um, I don't think the answer to it is saying don't don't watch it or you shouldn't be a part of it. Um, I, I, that's how we grew up. Okay, let's just be frank about it. That's how we grew up. Not going to su- suggest it was right or wrong, but if I had to do it all over again, I think some of our founding fathers <laughs> had to do it all over again. We'd, we'd start, we'd, we'd develop the principles, okay? But there was this idea, just get rid of it. You can't see it at all. It's evil. It's bad, and we shouldn't do that. And what we did was we didn't, uh, you know, then when we got to be adults, um, and um, we had to make those decisions, you know, we were binge watchers, you know, like, <laughs> wow, look at these people. You go to my grandparents, you know, and it, it, just, it was summertime. You just never leave. You just sit there because they had the tele. We didn't have a television. They did. You just sit there the whole time, you know, and by the time you got, and then my parents were trying to kick us out of the house and go outside and play and do something, you know, and, and I think I've said it before, you know, it was back when it was like five stations, you know, that was about the, there was like five or six stations and uh, my grandfather would watch certain shows at certain times. And uh, me and my brother, we slept in the living room on, that, uh, on those fallout beds with that bar in between, you know what I mean, right down your back. Uh, those are re- really great times. So we have a week there, television's in there, and well, we just can't wait till our parents went to bed, you know what I mean. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something, y'all. That, that, the house that my grandparents raised six children in was about as big as this platform, I think. I mean, just a tiny little house in a little place called Palestine, Illinois. And, and so, you know, you can imagine, you know, you had a bedroom over here and then the living room and the kitchen, and it was real tiny. It's bigger than that. So you thought, you, you know, you know, you dummies. I mean, you know, there's a light blinking all, all night from the, from the living room. Like, they couldn't see it, you know what I mean, in their bedroom in the other room where they had those accordion doors, you know, you pull closed. Yeah, they couldn't see. And so they come in there, turn that off. Play for long they go back. <laughs> Me and my brother turn it on until the American flag would wave. Come on, all us old people, the American flag would start waving and it's off the air. Man, so you turn it over to the other channel, hoping there was something still on that one. Now the American flag's waving there. I'm going to tell you something. We saw the American flag come up, we saw it go down in the morning. <laughs> we were so anxious to watch Captain Kangaroo the next day. Gun smoke. Anyway, that was old stuff. But that's the way it was. And, um, but we didn't understand the principles. 
and, 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 how, to, and, and how those apply to us. And I'm, I'm glad that when, when we, I got married and we made the decision that we'd watch videos together, you know, in the very beginning of that, uh, there, was, there was times we had to go back and, and God, some of the stuff that we watched just wasn't godly. I'm just going to say that right up front. It was not godly. And um, you, know, you, you would say, oh, Lord, man, you know, what did I just see? And um, ask God to forgive you. And uh, before you knew it, you know, you popped in another one that somebody recommended and something was on there you shouldn't have seen. And uh, everybody probably knows what I'm talking about. As time went on, you know, we began to realize, listen, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to have this thing, okay, and I'm going to be able to watch this stuff, then I'm going to either have to get a principle within that says I'm not going to watch that and I refuse to look at that stuff, or I'm going to have to shoot it with a gun. Amen? <laughs> it's not going to ruin me. It's not going to keep me from heaven. And uh, we, we made the decision to put the principles in place in our lives. And so as our kids grew up, came, came up, you know, they were, it was funny, our, our son, before he would watch, he was more conscientious, I think, than even us as parents. And that was good. He was, he, there was, a, you know, the review thing. You know what I'm talking about? Some of the, they review every movie, and if it had anything in there that was bad, he wouldn't, we, we couldn't get it. That's when he was a preteen as a young kid. I, I just thank God for that. I hope he still does that, <laughs> okay? But there was a principle that was being instilled within our children for, you know, what is important that we, you know, you know not watch that, not look at that. And if you can't handle it, folks, you've got to get rid of it, amen? You can't cause us to, to miss heaven over. And so um, uh, that's, that's a real important principle when it comes to social media and the stuff that's out there. That today is, I mean, it's, 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 you know, what we saw was minor in many ways. It's a part of our lives, and it's not going to go anywhere. And if we don't, you don't have a principle within that, that, uh, uh, that tells you that you shouldn't be looking at that kind of uh, content. You know, I'll tell people all the time, you, you ever want to, if you ever want to come and, and look at what pastor looks at on my phone or anything else, you're welcome to. I'm accountable to you. I'm just going to let you all a secret. I'm accountable to you. And we need to be accountable to one another when it comes to that. I don't go around asking you what you're looking at. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it, that accountability is so important as uh, believers w within the body. And uh, so let's be accountable. Amen? First of all, to him. Praise God. That's who we're accountable for. That's the one. Uh, we as believers in Christ ought to be accountable. What we see, what we're watching... There, hey, listen, the temptation's there all the time. You can deny it if you want to, but it's there. And we are tempted. As holy people, we are tempted. And we must, uh, we must deny uh, watching that, that stuff that is displeasing, dishonoring, unglorifying to God. Amen? And so it's important that we're careful with that. Anyway, any thoughts, questions, comments? <coughs> How many are going to be taking their uh, wives and husbands out for Valentine's Day this week? Anybody got Valentine's? Nobody? Oh, horrible. All right, maybe I need to talk on something else here, okay? Um, keeping the romance in our marriages. How's that sound? That's the next subject for the, can you all stick around? What were you saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I know he is. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have much of a choice. We're praying for you, okay? No. Praying Caleb. Uh... 
I'll, those that come on Wednesday night, I mean, are you guys, if you're going out, you know, let me know. I, I would be, I, I'm encouraging that. If you are, let me know. If there's nobody here, then, you know, I'm going to, well, see, my wife's going to be gone, so um, I'm just going to cook me a little candlelight dinner by myself. And uh, she's, <laughs> she's heading, pray for her, she's heading to Alabama. I have a new baby uh, here probably, I think, Friday when they're inducing her so uh, she wants to see her mom and all that before she has to take on a two-year-old for the rest of the week that she'll be there all right let's stand thank you for coming tonight that was different i know a little more laid back and stuff that we're talking about here but pray that you have a wonderful uh this week is a week of 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 romance and love if you need to rekindle it do that Take advantage of it, amen? Take advantage of it. We need healthy relationships, healthy marriages, loving families. Our children are watching. Our children are watching. We're still, um, we, are, we, are, we are being watched every single day. Father, thank you for um, marriage and what it means um, to you and uh, how you sanctify the marriage. We pray, Lord, that you'll help us, Father, to take that uh, seriously every single day of our lives our families are so important to the church and to the kingdom and to you and so lord we pray you'll um, give us wisdom um, uh, that we need from your word to uh, mold the lives of our children and our grandchildren go with us give us a wonderful week in jesus name amen